Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of Steeler Stat Geek. This is Behind the Steel Curtain editor Dave Schofield coming at you on Thursday morning. But it's not any Thursday morning. It's game day. It's game day. Pittsburgh Steelers have their Thursday night matchup tonight against the Minnesota Vikings. Here's what's crazy. I know I keep saying, oh, I can't believe how fast the season's going. I I don't know why I have that voice for for Steeler fans or even me in the past. Um, but I, I say that because if you think back, I remember being so excited. Hey, Steeler stat geek, there's a game tonight. It's the hall of fame game. The very next week Steelers played on a Thursday against the Philadelphia Eagles in what was week one of the preseason. And I said, Oh, here we go. It's game day. We're not going to have another stat geek on game day until December. Guess what? That's today. So here we are, the Pittsburgh Steelers, big win. They had a big win on Sunday. Uh, Don't want to downplay it, but don't want to take it for granted. Okay. I do believe the Baltimore Ravens are flawed like the Steelers were flawed last year. They had a very inflated record. They won some fluky games. They're not as good as what their record says, but that is their record. That really is. Uh, Then now they have even more injuries because on the on the game winning touchdown catch um by Deontay Johnson, Marlon Humphrey, Torres Peck, he's out for the season. Their dead last passing defense, or at least it was going into the game. I didn't even look at where they ranked after the game. Um they're dead, but that passing defense is going to get even weaker now. So, but you know what? That's week 18's problem about what it's going to be. Let's talk about what it was. Let's talk about some of the numbers. Um, Here's a number I want to throw out there, which wasn't even in my article. Number 77. Number 77, that was one John LeGlue came in, got his first NFL regular season snaps in only his second game that he's ever dressed. He had just been elevated to the active roster uh, the week before. Not elevated, signed, um, because the Steelers... Once again, they're they're low on linemen. They are low on linemen. You got to have eight on game day in order to have 48 roster spots. And uh, before the game, the Steelers, they need to make some elevations because they only have six. They only have six linemen with B.J. Finney ruled out. So John LeGlue was one of those guys, been on the practice squad this season. Bring him up. B.J. Finney goes out. He steps in. Does a does a real nice job. He got push in the run game. He did a nice job in pass blocking. Uh, everything there was really was really good from what I saw. Uh, really happy for him that he could step in there. This week's different though. Yes, he played all but three snaps. Now going into the game, knowing that you're the guy, because I'm I'm assuming he's the guy. I don't know what what else they would do. That's a whole different mentality. 
That's a whole different preparation. It's it's kind of sometimes kind of nice just being his first NFL snaps, snaps on offense being thrown in. Like, oh, he's hurt. Go. And, you know, you didn't have time to think about it. You didn't have time to fret about it. You didn't have time to overthink it. You just went in. Um, hopefully he doesn't overthink it and he can step up and have another solid game on Thursday night. Um, two, I put the number two in my article was the top thing. And, and that's about, I almost did the number seven instead. And, you know, talked about the seven shots drill that the Steelers did. It's the two-point conversions. The Steelers converted their two-point conversion to make to push it to seven points. They had to go for two because of a Chris Boswell uh, missed extra point. It, it wasn't just missed. It was it was shanked. It, it was a bad one. Um, I couldn't tell if his plant foot slid a little bit. Even so, even if it slides a little bit on extra point, you should still be able to knock it through. Um, for an NFL kicker, me, I, as I found when I did my kicker around the world, that it takes everything I can to get it there anymore because I didn't realize how much father time has caught up to me. But anyway, that's a whole different that's a whole different story for another day. But the Steelers converted their two point conversion. They had a nice play call, converted it to Pat Frermuth. He made the catch. Steelers took the seven point lead. Baltimore comes down. TJ Watt, my goodness, forces the fumble. It's like the ball was attracted to the Steelers' sideline the entire final two minutes. Because Chris Boswell's, his kickoff, I mean, it that should have pinned the Ravens deep. They didn't come up and field it in the air. And that ball hit. And it hit around, I mean, it hit, I'd have to go back and watch again. It hit, it wasn't outside the numbers. It was where it should be. And that ball just took off sideways to go out of bounds and give the Ravens the ball at the 40. If that ball just kind of sticks and doesn't go to the sidelines, he's scrambling to pick it up with players in his face. I mean, my goodness, I've seen kickoffs granted on the high school level that have done things like that where the other team recovers them because they're running full force down there and they just happen to get to the ball. But instead it goes flying to the sidelines. TJ Watts forced fumble flying out of bounds. I mean, it, it, it kind of reminded me of the one uh, that TJ Watt had on Joe Flacco to end a, a Ravens game. I Now I can't remember what year it is, but it doesn't matter. But bottom line is the Steelers did their two-point conversion. They held the Ravens on their two-point conversion. They had a brilliant play call. I mean, the guy that was supposed to be – everyone's complaining about Devin Bush wasn't there to cover. The guy that was supposed to have Mark Andrews, if you look at the way they're lined up, was Minka Fitzpatrick, who bit on the run, wasn't going to be able to fight across to get him. TJ had – either had to go with Andrews or go get Lamar. He went and he went after Lamar Jackson, influenced the way he threw the ball just enough that it that it um still was catchable but not as an easy of a catch and therefore it fell incomplete. Um a lot of people could say the Steelers got lucky, the yo oh, that shouldn't have been converted. You know, there's a lot of things that don't go exactly right in the game. And I've pointed them out before. One little thing, the one drop that Deontay Johnson had was you know cost him four points. Things like that. The, that's the way NFL games go. That's why it's so important to execute. I mean, you talk about a game of inches. Just what if Chris Wormley could have got to that ball before he goes out of bounds? It's done. The game is over. You're taking a knee. You know, things like that. It's And all those little things can add up for you, against you, or kind of spread out within the game. And it seems like all those things have been lining up for Baltimore in the past. Not this time. And they fell short in Pittsburgh. Steelers took care of the ball. No turnovers, one takeaway. And that one takeaway was huge. It, it, it saved three points. 
Um, TJ Watt put the pressure on Lamar Jackson. He threw it off his back foot into the end zone, a play that he's done before where his receivers have bailed him out and caught him for touchdowns. This time, nope, Minka Fitzpatrick got it for the interception. Okay. Um, I wrote down the number 48 from this game because the Steelers had 85 rushing yards on 25 attempts against the number two rushing defense in the NFL going into the game. And you're like, well, 85, that's not bad. Well, it's not that great. How about 48 of those 85 were in the fourth quarter? So when the Steelers needed to run the ball and when the Steelers needed the offense, they got it. So they stuck with the run. They still stuck with the run. They used it to, they, they used it to help open up the pass. And then the pass, obviously, throughout the game, then opened up the run late. It's, I, I talked about this on the Scobro show with my brother about how it's kind of a, uh, it's kind of a, a circle with the quarterback and the running back and the lineman. And, you know, one thing goes well, and it leads to something else going well, which leads something else going well, something else going well, but it comes right back to the thing that you did well in the first place. And you can make all, you can make that circle grow or you can make that circle uh, be your enemy there. But to compare the Ravens, they only rushed the ball twice in the fourth quarter. And they got four yards. So the Steelers outgained the Ravens on the ground in the fourth quarter, 48 to four. I kind of like that one. Um, Ben Roethlisberger completed 90% of his passes in the fourth quarter. He had one incompletion. That one incompletion was to James Washington um, on the right side on a third down. The Steelers then had to kick a field goal. Um, That was it. Every other pass that he threw that it wasn't a penalty play was was completed so 129 yards in in the fourth quarter nine out of ten um 17 points in the fourth quarter great stuff um seven sacks the Steelers now lead the NFL in sacks we'll talk about that more in the second half um TJ Watt comes back gets three and a half so he had half of them Chris Wormley had two and a half Cam Hayward had one um really good stuff Watt now leads the NFL with 16. You could say, oh, he's he's got 16 in 12 games, so blah, blah, blah. He's only played in 10 games. So if you want if you're saying that, you know, he's averaging um uh let's see, so 16 in, in 10 games, uh 1.6 game. Bottom line is there's five more games to go. So TJ Watts basically, if he plays in the five remaining games, you're looking at that he's two-thirds of the way through the season. That means he could get another statistically eight sacks, which would put him at 24, which is one and a half more than the NFL record. We'll see if it happens. We'll see. You know, Trent Jordan's playing pretty good. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. He's got to stay healthy is the big thing. Um, the Steelers only gave up one sack, and it wasn't even really a sack. Um, it was a, an RPO that Ben wanted to, you know, to, to pull and, th- and throw to Chase Claypool. Claypool didn't read it properly. He wasn't even turned around. Roethlisberger chose to just dive forward and not lose yardage. But because he only got back to the line of scrimmage, they called it a sack. Um, he wasn't hit on the play. That's kind of nice. Uh, Deontay Johnson, after dropping that touchdown pass, he bounced back 105 yards, two touchdowns. It was, it, it was, it was really nice. Um, the Steelers did a pretty good job stopping the ground game of, of the Ravens. I mean, Lamar Jackson led the, led them in rushing with 55 yards. Um, so they held them to 107, but when you talk about the Ravens, that's holding them uh, pretty much. More in previous years than this year because they're doing better in the past this year than they had in, um, in other years. Um, so that's kind of some numbers with the last game. Um, but just like the Steelers, 
you can't dwell on it. You've got to move on. You can't just sit back and enjoy that, that AFC North victory over the, over the division leader. You, you can't because they had to turn around. They had to give an injury report the next day in order to have three in before the game. So here they go. The Steelers short week. It's not really what we want to see in the NFL um, whenever you have your short week. It's it's funny because as a fan, sometimes it's like, oh, it's 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 nice to 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 you know have a game on Thursday night, and it's even nice to watch your team on Thursday night. the The problem, the problem is the preparation. It it really is the, the preparation is really really difficult when it comes to the to, to the NFL um on playing on Thursday night playing on Sunday. I'm I'm still going to continue to say it. I am a proponent now that they've gone to 17 games of adding another bye week. Don't have it for everyone before week 1 of the season. Start the season a week earlier. Just do it. And give everyone a bye week the week before they play on Thursday. If everyone plays on Thursday, give them the bye week before they play on Thursday. And if not, every, if there's two teams that don't play on a Thursday, guess what? Put two games on a Thursday somewhere just to do it, to make it even for everyone, but have everyone having that bye week going into that Thursday. Because think about that. That would be, you know, one game over a three week period. So it's like too many buys the way that would go, you'd get a better product. You'd have less injuries. They're just the way things would go. I'm, I'm really, um, you know, really, uh, think that would be very good for the NFL, but it, it, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, hopefully maybe that's something they'll consider in the future, but anyway, we're going to talk about Thursday football. We're going to talk about the Steelers playing Thursday football. We're going to talk about the Vikings playing Thursday football. We're going to talk about the NFL in general, playing Thursday football and how it's worked out so far this season. Um, then, of course, we're going to break down the stats. I know we're not even halfway through, but I'm going to go ahead and take the break now so we can go ahead and roll into this other stuff. So hold on. We'll be right back to the second part here. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to Steelers Stat Geek. It's still game day. I'm still behind the steel curtain editor, Dave Schofield. Let's dive into some of this stuff talking about Thursdays. The title of the show was, are we going to have a Thursday thriller or, or a short week suck fest? In other words, what's the product going to be like? And, and I'm going to tell you what I think is going to happen when, when we get there, um, how this could play out. A short week is tough because you're if you get 60% of your game plan implemented, you're doing well. Think about that. You only if you can only do 60% of what you would like to do against an opponent in a given week. My goodness, that's not good. And not only that, the the, the home team generally in these circumstances has a huge advantage, huge advantage on the short week. 
but it hasn't worked out that way so far in 2021. There have been 15 Thursday games this season because you got three on Thanksgiving and all, all that good stuff. In those games, the home team has won six times and lost nine. The home team does not have a winning record this year. Then let's say you do the other thing, throw out week one. You know why you want to throw out week one? It's not a short week. You had Tampa, you had Dallas playing on, um, in week one, they were coming off, you know, basically no, there's no fourth preseason game. There's, there's nothing there that you have to, that you're rushed in preparation, throw that one out, which the home team won. And you're talking about five and nine. You're talking about teams being five and nine at home on Thursdays this season. Now, the only thing that I think would be interesting, and you know what, I'm going to try to find it here real quick, is how many of how many times has the home team been favored? Now, the home team has been favored not as often as you think. They've actually, there's been a lot of home underdogs, been a lot of home underdogs uh, this this season. Um how many times? Eight times. There's been a there's been a, a a home underdog, and when they're home underdogs, they don't win. They're 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 one in seven. So then you talk about the home teams that are favored. So then you're talking about. I'm trying to count these up here real quick. If I throw out that week one game, I'm looking at one, two, three, four, five, five times where the home team has been favored to win, and they have won. Three of those. So when favored at home, it's you know it's they're they're three and two. So it's not meaning everything that it has in the past. I I do find it very interesting that there are so that there's so many um, road teams that that uh, were that are that have been favored on Thursdays. But uh, that's what happens if you don't have very good matchups. You know, especially when you have like Houston and Carolina. Um, so I, 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 but then you got teams like Miami who was a big underdog and then they beat Baltimore. So it's just how it goes sometimes, but let's look specifically at these two teams. I went back when it comes to the Steelers looking at Thursday games, you go back, I go back to 2006 because before that you have to go back pre Kevin Colbert. So even though 2006 is, you know, a year before coach Tomlin, it, that's still in the Ben Roethlisberger era. So I did that. And then, therefore, I set the same year for Minnesota because 2006 is when they started doing more Thursday night games. Um, so the Steelers, on Thursdays, since 2006, they are 10-7 and seven overall. But the problem is they're 8-1 and one at home and 2-6 and six on the road. Now, I also went in and I said, let's throw out week ones. Just like I did before with stuff, because like I've like I said, you're it's a it's not a short week. It's 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 not a short week suck fest. So therefore, you can't have the option of doing that. So the Steelers take those out. They were in all they were one and one in those games. So therefore, they're nine and six overall one Thursday, seven and one at home because one of those wins was at home, and one of those losses was on the road in Week One to in New, against New England um, on a Thursday. And therefore, the Steelers are one and five. Oh, wait a second. They had a win on the road there. Maybe I might have messed that one up. Uh, might have to go back and double check that. So um, that that that's what they've been since 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 2006. That uh, when you look at the road, let's see. They they won. No, they they've won two. They've won two. Sorry, I, I wrote that down wrong. They're two and five because I, I remember because they won 
um, in St. Louis in 2007, and they won basically um, Ben Roethlisberger's last road Thursday game was a victory, and it was a decisive victory there. Uh, and we'll talk about Ben Roethlisberger here in just a little bit. Just to let you know about Minnesota, on Thursdays, overall, they're 3-7 and seven since 2006. They're 3-7. and seven. Yikes. They're 2-2 two and two at home and 1-6 and six on the road. If you throw out the week one game, which was in 2010 when they, they went to New Orleans, then they're then they're um, one and five away. But they're two and two at home, which is what is going on here. They, you know, so that that's interesting. They they last they they won a game. Their last Thursday game that they played was in, in 2019. They played on a Thursday. Um, they didn't have a 2020 game, just like the Steelers didn't. Um, but in 2019, uh, they they beat Washington at home. And then the last time they were at home on a Thursday was in 2016, and they and they lost to Dallas. So that's just some of their numbers. So then I thought, well, what about the quarterbacks? Because I'm going to talk to you about this. Before I get to them, I always had a philosophy going into it. Several years ago, I broke down number after number after number, and I said, you know, First-year head coaches, Thursday nights, not good. Not good at all. Not good at all. And that's why in 2019, I predicted the Steelers would go into Cleveland and beat them on Thursday night because they had a first-year head coach. But there was other factors I didn't take into it. And that was the Steelers had a first-year quarterback. They were on the road, things like that. So the experience of your quarterback comes into play a lot. Okay, But when you look at... At the at the Steelers, if I can, they have their coaching staff has been pretty solid recently. You know, uh, Brad Childress has been there for a long time in Minnesota. So you're talking about you're not getting a big advantage over a, a first year coach or anything there. But then you talk about Kirk Cousins, who's been around a while. You know, not forever in Minnesota, but he's been around a while. So you're you're talking about you're not talking about an unexperienced quarterback. So it really does. This is more of an even matchup when it comes to some of the things you could deal with on a short week. Well, Ben Roethlisberger on Thursdays, overall, he's nine and five. He's eight and four when you take away those week one games. He's undefeated at home. He's seven and oh, you take away the week one games, he's six and oh. On the road, Ben Roethlisberger on Thursday nights is two and five. Take away those week one games, he's really two and four. So he can win on the road. He just hasn't for a while. But if you want to look at what have you done for me lately, holy cow, holy cow. Look at his last three Thursday games. They came in 2018, 2017, and 2016. Because in 2019, he was injured. 2020, that got moved to the following Wednesday. So anyway, um, how about his last game on a Thursday? Was at home against the Carolina Panthers. It was 52 to 21. And he was he completed 22 of 25 passes for 328 yards and five touchdowns, no interceptions. Okay. Then it was the week. Then it was the year before with the game I was at, the infamous Dilly Dilly game. That was, they were home against Tennessee. They beat them 40 to 17. He was 30 of 45 for 299 yards and four touchdowns and no interceptions. All right. Well, let's go back and say, well, that's nice. He's at home. Let's go back then to a road game. Go back to, to the road game. How about Thanksgiving night in 2016 in Indy where they won 28-7. to Ben Roethlisberger, he was only 14 for 20. They didn't throw the ball much. They didn't have to. They jumped all over him, only 221 yards passing, three touchdowns. So if you look at that, Ben Roethlisberger's last 
three Thursday games, you are talking about 12 touchdowns to no interceptions. 12 touchdowns to no interceptions. Um, You'd have to go back even farther. You'd have to go back to 2014 to find a game that wasn't in week one um, that Ben Roethlisberger played on a Thursday, and that was a loss to Baltimore. But that was week two, you know. Um, and he that one, he didn't have any touchdowns and interceptions. That's how far you have to go back to find that for Ben Roethlisberger. So kind of remember that. Kind of remember of what of, of what Ben can do in, in that, because we'll talk about that shortly. Then you look at Kirk Cousins, who he's played two Thursday games for Minnesota, one at home, one on the road. He, he won the one at home. He lost the one on the road. Um, the one that, that they won, he threw no touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, 285 yards, 23 to 26, very efficient. And they won 19 to nine against Washington. But if you go back to 2018, when they went to the Rams, they lost 38 to 31. He was 36 of 50 for 422 yards and three touchdowns, no interceptions. So that's his last two. To go back to his third one, you have to go back to when he was with Washington in 2017. Um, and they played Dallas and they and they lost uh, 38 to 14 where he threw two touchdowns with two interceptions. But I don't even know if that's fair, if that should even be included because he was with a different team. So it's not that Kirk Cousins, you know, has a bad resume on Thursday. So, wow. So this is really shaping to be an interesting matchup. So something I want to talk about before I roll into these other stats, because I still want to figure out, are we going to have a Thursday thriller or a short week suck fest? I'm going to I'm going to conclude that by the time we're done and get and give you my opinion. But I also want to explain something. Some people have talked about, you know, well, Minnesota's lost a lot of close games this year and and the Steelers have won a lot of their close games this year. That is true. And 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 I looked at it there's a little bit more disparity in some things than others. But I looked at Minnesota and in their five wins, they they've won by a total of 31 points. So they've won by an average of 6.2 points. But in their games that they've lost, they've, they, in their seven losses, they lost by a total of 28 points. So more games, less points. So that's only four points a game, you know, on average. So they're, they're losing closer games. Um, I think all of their losses have been one score games. You know, some of, I know at least one of them was eight points. Um, but that's what's been going on with them. Now with the Steelers, their wins, they're only plus 26 in their wins. They're only winning by four and a third points on average. But in their losses, they're they're losing. Well, when you have a 31-point loss in there, that'll really throw off the numbers some. But still, they're they they've lost they're minus 68 on the five on their five losses. Of course, the tie doesn't go anywhere because there was zero difference. And if I have to explain that to you, then I think if you think it through, you'll understand. Um, so the Steelers in their losses, the average of their losses has been almost by 14 points. It was 13.6. So you're looking for, if it's a close game, advantage Pittsburgh. If it's a blowout, it's more likely to be uh, Minnesota, especially being at home on the short week. So let's see if where they rank in the NFL matches up with that. It's what I do every week ever since I think about week four when I actually started to have good numbers. So it's there's some disparity with Minnesota. The Steelers are at least somewhat similar with their offensive and defensive ranks where they fall. Not Minnesota. They have they're they're really big different. Their offense is ranked much higher. For example, in in yardage, they average 384.9 uh, yards a game. That's sixth in the NFL. 
um, when points, they average 25.7 points. That's 11th in the NFL. When it comes to running the ball, they average 113.25 yards per game. Um, that's 15th in the NFL, you know, just, just above, you know, just middle of the road. And when it comes to the passing game, they average 271.7 yards, which is seventh in the league. So the fact that they're decent running, pretty good passing, that puts them up in the sixth when it comes to total yards. Compared to Pittsburgh, who, you know, they, they, have, they average 325.2 yards a game, which is 22nd in the league. They average um, 20.33 points a game, which is 21st. They average 86.9 rushing yards a game, which is 29th. And they average 238.3 passing yards in um, per game, which is 15th in the NFL. So Minnesota's got them on all of these. Advantage them. Here's another advantage. Minnesota's turned the ball over the least amount of times in the NFL. They only have nine turnovers in the season, on the season. The Steelers aren't bad. They're tied for eighth, but they have 14. Um, turnovers. So that's interesting. And also Minnesota doesn't give up sacks. They're like second in the NFL with, with how many sacks they've surrendered. Uh, they've surrendered 18. I, I don't know if it's second, third, somewhere up there towards the top, but they've only surrendered 18 sacks where the Steelers have surrendered 25, which, you know, isn't all that bad either. That's tied for, I think 13th. That's, you know, around the middle of the road, but then you go to the defense you go to the defense where the Steelers, you know, they give up 304, sorry, 364.1 yards a game. That's 22nd. Where the Vikings, they give up 382, which is 30th. So they're 30th in overall defense. So that's not good for them. Um, the, you know, the Steelers give up 23.8 points a game. That's 21st. Um, the Vikings give up 25.4. That's 25th. So not as good as the Steelers there. Uh, the Steelers, you know, the run defense has really, really took a hit for the three games before the Ravens game. Um, and they were all the way down to 27th, giving up 130.9 yards per game. But still, it's better than the Vikings who give up 131.5, and they're 29th. So that's that's interesting. Um, that as bad as the Steelers' run defense was and how low they've dropped, Minnesota's is still lower. And then when you talk about pass defense, the Steelers give up 233.1 yards per game, which is 14th in the NFL, where the Vikings are 23rd, where they give up 250.5. Um, the Steelers don't take the ball away all that much. They have 11 takeaways. The Vikings only have 15. That's not that many more. Um, I mean, four is significant, but not. it's not like all night and day. Here's what's interesting. The Steelers with seven sacks last week took the lead in the NFL in the number of sacks with 37. They're first. Who did they pass? Minnesota, who's second, who has 36. So both teams get after the quarterback. They both get out after the quarterback, and that's why they're a little bit better against the run than, sorry, not against the run, against the pass than they are against the run. So Minnesota has the advantage on offense. Steelers have the advantage on defense. Um, just kind of one of those things of it's crazy how it works out, but me. So I'm going to come back to, so what to expect on a Thursday, what to expect on a, on a short week. I said it before that a lot of times they say teams, you know, if you can, you're, you're trying to get about 60% of what your normal game plan would be. Now, the last time the Steelers played on a Thursday and they, and they fell to in Cleveland, it was not good. It was just not a good game. Lots of turnovers. We know the whole incident at the end. Don't even want to talk about that. 
the the thing was that was that that was a young quarterback who didn't have his whole game plan. So if your offense only has the whole only part of the game plan and the defense only has part of the part of the game plan, to me, when you look specifically at this matchup, I'm saying advantage offense. All right. I'm looking at Ben Roethlisberger, the wily Ben Roethlisberger. If he only has 60% of his game plan, he's going to make it work. If the defense only has 60% of their game plan going against him, give me Ben Roethlisberger in that matchup. Then if you're talking about the Steelers only having 60% of their game plan in to, to try to stop the Vikings, who are a pretty good offense, and they have a veteran quarterback, that's advantage Vikings offense. So believe it or not, I think if anyone's going to struggle, I see the defense is struggling more. I really do see the defense is struggling more this week. So to me, I'm looking for a Thursday night thriller um, with more offense. You know, a lot of times people say, you know, when you think of Suckfest, you think of, you know, low scoring game. Neither team can do anything on offense. You know, sometimes neither team can do anything on offense because the defense is good. And then, yes, the Steelers defense, you know, has places where they're good. Um, Trent Jordan Watt coming out there, disrupting things. That's going to be a big factor in this game. If you have one superstar player that can kind of say, it doesn't matter how much of the game plan we have, I'm going to come after you. And if you're not prepared for me, then you're in trouble. So I kind of like that a little bit more of an advantage for the Steelers defense versus the, versus the Vikings offense. But then again, maybe they're just going to run the ball a lot. You know, and if the Steelers aren't prepared to stop their run, that's still an advantage for their offense. So it all depends on how they play it out. I think it's going to be more of a Thursday night thriller. I think this will be, watch me be completely wrong and we come back and like, oh, Dave, what happened to the, why do we have a 12-10 game or something like that? Maybe I'm, and I'll come back and say, you know what? I completely blew it. And that's fine if I completely got it wrong. Because I completely got it wrong two years ago against Cleveland, where I really thought, oh, first-year head coach, he's not going to have that team ready. Yeah, well, guess what? The Steelers didn't have their first-year quarterback that was filling in for their franchise quarterback. He he wasn't ready to go out and do what he needed to do on such a short week. So, um, in all... I think we should have a good one here tonight. We'll see what happens. Uh, either way, I'm going to be back next Thursday to talk about the the, the next game. We're going to have that nice little mini buy. The Steelers could really use it. Maybe get some guys back like a Joe Hayden. Um, that would be pretty nice. Maybe even like someone like Kevin Dotson coming back off of IR. We'll have to see how that all plays out. But most importantly, they got to take care of business tonight against the Vikings. So thank you so much for joining me. Make sure you're checking out all of our podcasts. If you're listening to us, you know, if you're stumbled on this through the website on Megaphone, check us out where, wherever you can listen to, to podcasts. I know a lot of people like Spotify. Me, I'm, I'm, I'm an Apple podcast person because I just, I just like the channel and follow it and all the episodes come to me. I'm telling you, it's really convenient if you don't have anything else to do. So make sure you're checking that out. Check out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. It really is your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. And thanks for joining me. And as I always say, thanks for geeking out. <laughs>